thin air? We'll switch. Now what if I come back over here? What do you do? Do you go back this way? So if I come back here, are we dancing now? Is that what's happening? Hey, my name is Strider. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you are uh, here with us worshiping this morning. And I, I do want to draw your attention to the group of folks uh, that put this Hello Fall event on. I'm going to put their, uh, some of their faces on the screen. We took this picture, I think, a couple weeks ago, and um, not everybody was featured. But there's all the folks who helped make this event incredible. And it's really fun. It was really fun to see this group of people use their gifts and their talents to not only serve uh, the body, but also serve the community. And it just was a really uh, joyful uh, experience and privilege to, uh, to get to be a part of this. And so those are the people that made it happen. So they deserve the credit. And so when you see them, please tell them what an amazing job that they did because man, it was so, so fun. And thank you, thank you for showing up and for fixing pots of chilies and decorating trunks. And I don't know if you noticed this or not, Here's the other fun part of the night. Um, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but we had people walking around wearing T-shirts that said, do you know, on them. And on the back, it had a verse of scripture, and it told people how they could have eternal life. And, and one of the things that we wanted to be really intentional with, with this Hello Fall event, is that not only are chili and trunks really, really fun, but we wanted this to have an eternal impact as well. So we were praying, and we were uh, trusting God to bring, uh, bring people here and this group of folks, led by uh, Larry Griggs, uh, had the opportunity to use trivia questions with candy uh, that led to a doorway into being able to share the gospel. And so it's my privilege to get to tell you that this week we saw seven people go from death to life and come to faith in Christ this week. And um, really, really fun. And I, I want to say this, too. If you... If you have a desire, um, if you have a desire to learn how to make disciples, if you want to be equipped to be able to win lost people and be able to share the gospel and ask for a response, if you want to have an opportunity to build believers, when those people come to faith in Christ, that you would help them understand who Jesus is and help them and, and show them from your own life how they can follow Jesus. We have opportunities to do that. We've been working behind the scenes, and Smiley's been meeting with a couple groups of people, training and equipping them to do that on both Wednesdays and Thursday mornings. And if you'd like to be a part of that, if you'd like to be equipped, won't you put that on your card? We would love to follow up with you because in 2023, we want to continue to multiply disciple makers. And so if that's of interest to you, just write that down, and we would love to follow up with you. Hey, speaking of Smiley, uh, he is not here this morning. He and Karen uh, went to Ormond Beach. I finally figured out where they went. It wasn't Las Vegas. It was Ormond Beach for their 30, 41st uh, wedding anniversary. And then he went north to North Carolina because his niece is getting married today. And so he's doing the wedding ceremony for his niece. And we'll be traveling back on uh, Monday and then be back in the office on Tuesday. And so we're going to jump in this morning. But before we do, can I pray for us again? Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, thank you for an incredible Fall Fest, Hello Fall event. Lord, thank you that, uh, that people went from death to life. And I pray that those people would both know you and follow you and be established and rooted and built up in you. And also that they would be equipped to share the person that they met on Friday night, which is you, Jesus. And uh, Lord, as we come to gather and worship Lord, we thank you that you are the great I am. So we stop 
and we honor and we worship you and we ask you to send your Holy Spirit, that your Holy Spirit would speak, open our eyes and ears and minds and hearts that I and that we might uh, receive and understand. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. A few weeks ago, we started a new series called Who Does Jesus Think He Is? And I love the title. Don't get me wrong. The, the, the Bible is everything about who Jesus is. But in the Gospel of John, Jesus makes it very plain and very clear about who he is and communicates several things about his nature and character that he wants people to understand. So last week we talked about the second great I am statement and when Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And this is what we're going to be talking about this week. Here's our point for today. Jesus says, I am the door. We're going to talk about what in the world does he mean by the door. But if you have a Bible, open it up to John chapter 10, because this is our third great I am statement. And it says this, John, John 10, 9 says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I am the door. Last week we were in uh, John chapter 8. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. You know what happens in John chapter 9? Jesus opens the eyes of a blind man, and for the first time ever, he sees the light. He sees the person who embodies light and truth and holiness. And when that happens, this man falls down in worship. And there are people, Pharisees, who Jesus is continuing to talk to, watching this whole thing. You know what their response was to this man whose eyes had been opened he was, he was blind from birth, and their response was not worship. Their response was anger and jealousy. Jesus had set them up to be shepherds, to care for sheep. They had failed with this guy, and when they saw Jesus do something miraculous in his life, they responded in anger and jealousy. And so Jesus, the end of John 9, gets real honest with them. And this is what he says to this group of Pharisees who are standing nearby watching these things happen. It's not on the screen, but just listen to me. This is John 9, 39. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. The Pharisees are like, what are you talking about? So in verse 40, some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? Translation, Jesus, are you saying that we're blind just like this man? And in verse 41, Jesus says to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. So Jesus is saying, Pharisees, you're blind. You're missing the one who is standing in front of you because I am the light of the world. You're missing it. And in John chapter 10, Jesus tries a different metaphor. Now, when scripture was written, there aren't chapters, there aren't verses. Those were put in later for our reference. And so if you were reading the gospel of John for the first time, you wouldn't have taken a break. There wouldn't be a bridge. It would just go from this blind man being uh, able to see the light to this conversation with the Pharisees immediately into what we're reading today in John chapter 10. And Jesus is going to try a different metaphor and speak to this same group of Pharisees to try to help them understand who he is. So we're going to read this together. This is John chapter 10, verses 1, to, 1 through 10. 
Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to him. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And finally, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. So we move from being the light of the world immediately into Jesus saying, I am the door for the sheep. And he's using this metaphor that would have been really familiar in ancient Jewish culture because all of the forefathers had a history of being shepherds. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, King David, they were all shepherds. And I think God does that very intentionally, not only because he wants them to understand about who he is, but I think also in being a shepherd, he's communicating them to them uh, the way in which they are to pass on the message and to lead people. So scripture, scripture likens God to a shepherd. Uh, we find this in Psalm 23. And um, let me say something before we read this, because I, I know that Psalm 23 is often read at funerals. And so when I read this passage of scripture, I put myself in different places in which this psalm has been read. And oftentimes, um, the places in which I put myself, um, as I imagine me sitting in a, in a church, um, uh, brings back feelings of sadness, um, being, brings back, um, it, it's just not a, Psalm 23 is not necessarily the most uplifting song because of the way I've heard it used in context. And so I just, I want us to just acknowledge that this morning, that this, that we bring our lenses and we bring our experiences and we bring our emotions sometimes to when we read text together. And what I want you to hear, what I want you to hear is Psalm 23 has context for eternal life, but also Psalm 23 has context for present life. So we're going to read three, three verses of this, and I want you to pay attention to it. It says this, Psalm 23, 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd. What's God like? He's like a shepherd. I shall not want. Here's the present tense. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Very important for the present life of sheep. Pastures, water. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So Jesus says, I am the door for the sheep. I want to help you understand who I am, Pharisees. I want to help you understand whoever's listening. 
that I am a shepherd because God is a shepherd. And when he uses this language, we've talked about this already, when he uses this language of I am, it's an Old Testament cue, he is saying that he is God. And not only is he God, he is the door for the sheep. Now here's the thing that I learned about sheep. During the day, some of this you already know, during the day, sheep would graze. They would graze in green pastures, and their shepherd would lead them beside still waters. But sheep move helter-skelter. And they just put their heads down, and they find a patch of grass, and they eat there for a little while, and then they find another one, and they eat there for a while, and they're totally defenseless. And so when sheep would go out to pasture, there was always a shepherd with them. And that shepherd, during the day, provided safety and security for the sheep. But at night, there was also a place of safety and security for the sheep as well. And that is called a sheep fold. So when Jesus says, truly, truly, he who does not enter the sheep fold by the door but climbs in another way, he's talking about a picture like this. And this would have been incredibly common. People would know as soon as Jesus said the word sheepfold exactly the building and the structure that he was describing. But this is a sheepfold. Sometimes, very uncommonly, sheepfolds were made out of wood. It wasn't a very particularly sturdy structure, nor was it very safe. They had wooden gates, some of them, but that was very uncommon. This is what the majority of sheepfolds look like. They would take stone and they would build up the walls not only to keep the sheep in and protected, but also to keep predators from climbing in and over the walls. They would take briars. They didn't have barbed wire. So they would take long, thorny thistles, weave them together, and they would cover the top of the sheepfold. Now, in this picture, it looks like somebody has, has, has put a modern door and some tile on there and made that sheepfold their own, I don't know, personal storage area. But that would have been covered with briars in order to discourage any intruders from climbing up over the top of the wall. And so when Jesus says that uh, a robber and a thief climbs over, the people would go, oh, that's the picture. That's the picture that I have in my mind. This is a sheepfold. And Jesus, in the midst of this, says, I am the door to that sheepfold. There was a sturdy door, and inside the door, there would have been at night, there would have been a gatekeeper, a person tasked with the responsibility of watching over the sheep at night, both to protect from people and from predators. And in the morning, when the shepherds showed up, they would call to the gatekeeper or give the secret code or whatever, and the gatekeeper would open the door, and the shepherd would walk in, and he would call his sheep. They would keep... They would keep multiple flocks of sheep within one sheepfold. And that's, how, do you, how does that work? We'll get to that in just a second. But there'd be multiple flocks of sheep, and the shepherd would come, and they would call their sheep. But the sheepfold at night was the place of security and protection for those sheep. A few years ago, I was um, at a conference in Orlando. A couple of us were down there. And uh, Dean Plumley introduced us to a guy named Ray Carmen. And uh, we were down there for this conference um, studying the life of Jesus and really trying to dig into um, how did Jesus make disciples who made disciples and is there a pattern? We're sitting at this table with Ray and uh, Dean starts telling us what Ray does and Ray is a shepherd. 
I never met a shepherd before. I've never been around sheep. I don't know anything about them. And so Ray just starts talking um, as we ask him questions about the things that he's learned in being with sheep. He is, a, he is a shepherd through and through, and um, he actually has a little YouTube channel where he puts together 90-second uh, devotionals out in the pasture or out in the sheep fold, um, things about that he's, he's learned from his sheep that reveal Jesus to him, things that he's learned about what it means to be a shepherd and how that's taught him about Jesus. Really, really interesting stuff. And I want to show you one this morning, but here's, here's, um, here's what I want you to pay attention to. Ray is going to, you know, it's set up as a devotional, so he's going to say some things, and the things that he says are great, but what I want you to notice, what I want you to notice is, uh, I want you to write down how Ray, how many ways Ray notices things about a sheep. To, to write down, write down the things that you observe about what a shepherd is and what a shepherd does. And the other thing that I want you to pay attention to is I want you to see how Ray's sheep respond to him. Does that make sense? All right, let's watch this video. Hey, good morning. This is Ray over here in Namrack Farms, hoping and praying you have a beautiful day. Wonderful start to your week. I am gathered around with all my sheep. There's April. Say hello. There is our beautiful young lady, Wander. Just wanted to point this out. When I call my sheep, I've been thinking about this and I saw something the other day that reminded me of this. When I call my sheep, when I say, hey, sheep, there's one purpose for that. That's to call my sheep to come be with me. There's no other purpose for it than for them to be with me, to follow me, to be where I am at. And when the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, when he calls us, it is to be with him. Now for my sheep, when I call them, if I happen to pour out some grain and I give a blessing to them, well, that's just extra, that's just a bonus. Whatever happens as a result of being with me is a bonus in their life. With Jesus, when the blessings pour out, it is not, it is not the purpose of him calling you. It is an overflow of him calling you. The purpose is to simply be with him, to enjoy him, to enjoy his presence. Today, I want to encourage you, take time, listen for his voice, and just go be with him. I promise you won't be disappointed. Go enjoy the shepherd. I'll see I think he says something like, I'll see you next time. One of the things that I immediately noticed about Ray is he has named all of his sheep. Shepherd knows the names of the sheep. And if you noticed, he looks down and there's two lambs. And it takes him a split second, but he recognizes one of the lambs. So he goes at the beginning is, hey, April, one of the ewes. And then, oh, there's little Wander. A shepherd knows their sheep by their distinctions, characteristics, and markings. And did you also notice, did you also notice that when Ray goes, hey, sheep, how they all look to the shepherd and they respond? So we come to John chapter 10, and Jesus says, I am the door for the sheep. And then he says, the sheep hear his voice, 
and he calls out his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. The sheep, when they hear and recognize the voice of the shepherd, they come running. Ray told us, Strider, it's, it's really interesting. I can call my sheep, and they come running like dogs. Like just like you'd walk in the house and call your dog, my sheep come running to me. Verse 4, when he has brought them out, all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So the shepherd would come to the entrance of the sheepfold and say, hey, sheep. And all of his, all of his sheep would recognize their shepherd's voice, and they would start to come out. And through that little narrow door, they would come out of the sheepfold and into behind their shepherd. And I was watching another video of Ray's, and I saw this image, and I just took a screenshot of it, and I thought it was so cool. This is actually, this is Ray. If you can see in the background, it's kind of foggy and, and cloudy, but in the background, there's a fence, and so Ray has pasture, and this video that he's filmed is just, you know, from this perspective as he's walking back from the pasture, you know, back to the sheepfold. And it's interesting in the video, he calls his sheep and they begin to line up single file behind him and follow their shepherd. And this, this is the picture that Jesus gives us to help him understand who he is and what he's like. He says, I am the door of the sheep, and when I call my sheep, they come running. And then I lead them out, and they file in behind and watch the shepherd in front of them while he leads them to green pastures and to still waters. So Jesus says all this, and then he says in verse 5, a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him. The other thing Ray told us, he said, Strider, I can tell you exactly how the words I use and how I say it. And you can go, you can go to my fence, you can go out to that pasture, you can call my sheep, and they won't even look at you. Because they don't know your voice. They know my voice. They recognize and come when I call them. So Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And then in verse 6, he says this. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. He's using this metaphor to help them understand who it is that stands before them. And they don't get it. So what does a good shepherd do in response to people who don't get it. Does he just give up? Say, not worth it? No, he tries again. So in verse seven, Jesus says, so again, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, hey, pay attention. Truly, truly, I say to you, Pharisees, I am the door of the sheep. The shepherd's heart cares for all those made in the image of God. All who came before me, this is verse 8, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Jesus is talking about people who have shown up and claim to be God, claim to be the Messiah, and matter of fact, he calls those people thieves 
and robbers. He gets real honest with them. And then, in verse 9, he's going to tell the Pharisees one more time, I am the door. And then he's going to promise them two things. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. And Jesus is trying to help them understand that as he, when he says that I am the door, he is literally talking about the entryway into safety and security. Because the truth that he's trying to communicate to them is that God has a sheepfold. But, but scripture doesn't describe it as a sheepfold. It actually describes it as a fortress. And this is what Psalm 18.2 says. It says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. God says, I am a sheepfold for people. And Jesus wants desperately for the people listening to him to understand that God is a fortress and there is one door to the fortress. Y'all been to uh, Castillo de San Marcos? I think I said that right. Downtown? It's our fort. Anybody? Yeah, okay. You all should raise your hand that you've been to the fort because you live in St. Augustine. Great. Phenomenal. You, you walked around the fort? How many doors does the fort have? There aren't 15 doors to a fort. There aren't 15 different paths. How would that be safe and secure? No, just like our fort downtown, and just like God's sheepfold, just like God's fortress, there is one door. And Jesus is explaining, I am that door. God has a sheepfold. It has one door. It has one mediator. There is one flock. And the way in which you enter into that fortress is through the one who is the door. Which brings us to our action step. This morning, I want us to enter in that door. Let's talk about that for just a second. How do you, how do you enter into the fortress that God has for his sheep? There is a proper entrance and a proper door. You cannot force your way in. You cannot climb over. You must enter through the door. And Jesus, as he's describing to the people listening, is not offering them a way in which they can enter through the door themselves. No, he's saying, I am the door. You have to enter through me. It doesn't come from a list of doing this stuff right and avoiding these things. That doesn't provide safety and security. Jesus is saying that he is the door. You know the other door that's talked about in Scripture? There's two doors. There's a narrow door that's the entrance to this sheepfold. It's meant for one or two sheep to be able to come in and go at a time. Because if it was any bigger than that, it wouldn't be safe and secure. How do you protect a giant door? No, the door is narrow. But the other door that Jesus talks about 
is found in Matthew chapter 7. And this is verse 13. Jesus is again saying, Enter by the narrow gate. The word for Greek can also be translated gate or door. It's the same word. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate, here's the second, here's the second door. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. There's two doors in scripture. There's a narrow door that leads to God's sheepfold, God's fortress, and there's a broad door. And if you take that path, it leads to destruction. It leads to separation from God and all good things. And interestingly, in scripture, we're described, people are described as sheep in a positive context, but we're also described as sheep in a negative context. And the passage that comes to mind is Isaiah 53, 6, and it says this, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Okay, we're going to talk negative here in a second. You're negative sheep. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And here's the bad news of the gospel. That all of us in this room are like sheep. And all of us have said, I don't need a shepherd. And all of us have put our heads down and looked after and searched after and moved from patch of grass to patch of grass thinking, I can do this on my own. Not recognizing that we are defenseless and in need of a shepherd. And you know what scripture calls that that's, that's deep down inside of us that we are born with, the I don't need a shepherd, I can do this on my own. Scripture calls that evil. It names it sin. And the penalty, the penalty for that sin is death. That what you and I deserve, because we are like sheep who have gone astray and turned to our own way, what we deserve is to be cast out of the sheepfold. But here's the good news in Isaiah 53, 6. And it's the second part of it. It says, And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, fancy word for sin, of us all. That the good news is we have a shepherd. And that God has laid our iniquity, our sin, on the shepherd when he climbed onto the cross. The same Jesus who says, I am the door for the sheep, recognized that his sheep are dirty and blemished and disgusting and smelly. They've wandered off. They've gone to their own way. They turn to themselves for the answer. And Jesus said, I will give my life for those sheep I'm going to trade places with them. Because this shepherd is also a sheep. He's described as a lamb without blemish, perfect, full of light and truth and holiness. And because of that, his sacrifice on the cross satisfied the wrath of God. And then he says, I am the door. 
if anyone enters through me, he will be saved. My question to you is, have you done that? Have you admitted to your shepherd that you are a sheep? Gross, dirty, blemished, stained, in need of a shepherd. Have you admitted your sinfulness? And are you trusting in a good shepherd? That's a spoiler for next week, by the way. Are you trusting in a good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep? Have you entered into God's sheepfold, God's fortress, through the door? There is no other way. Today, won't you, if you haven't already, enter through that door? You can do that right there at your seats by just admitting to God that you're a sheep in need of a shepherd. Or I can help you afterwards if you'd like some assistance. Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, then he says something else. He will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. That if we have entered into the door, that there is eternal security, that God will not lose one of his sheep. We have a shepherd, matter of fact, who chases after lost sheep. The other thing that Jesus promises is that we will go in and out and find pasture. Because sheep were made not just to exist, but to thrive. There's no way that Ray wants his sheep just to exist. He wants them to thrive. He wants them to be healthy. He wants them to grow. He wants them to reproduce. He wants to lead them to green pastures and besides still waters. That is his heart for his sheep. And if you have entered in through the door, then you have a shepherd who wants the same thing for you. He says in verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and life abundantly. The shepherd comes not only to bring sheep into the sheepfold, but he also comes that they may have life, that they may thrive, that they may have abundant life. And Jesus says that that life is found in the shepherd. It's not found in stuff. It's not found in accumulation. It's not found in health. It's not found in prosperity. That life is found in the shepherd. And when you are in the sheep fold and under the care and the protection of the shepherd, you also get a shepherd who leads you out to green pastures and still waters. And so how do we, how do you and I, how do you and I today, tomorrow, enter into that life with the shepherd? One way that comes to mind is the reality that our shepherd wants to speak to us. 
He wants to call his sheep. Hey, sheep. That's all I got. He speaks. Our shepherd speaks through his word. Together, we're reading through the New Testament. If you have a study or you want to grab one on your way out, we are uh, about to finish the book of Hebrews and start the book of James. Why don't you, why don't you open up this book and ask your shepherd to speak to you? Remember what Ray says. The purpose of why I called my sheep is simply to be with me. That abundant life is found in Jesus. You know, the other thing that comes to mind is maybe it'd be a good idea to get together with some other sheep this week and talk about, talk about how we've heard the shepherd's voice. Because when we do that, we point out green grass to people. We point out, hey, there's some good water over there. Come out of that. Pick your head up. Look back to your shepherd. Won't you, this week, enter into life with the shepherd? One more time. Verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are the door. And thank you that you have provided a sheepfold for us. And that that sheepfold provides protection and security, but it also comes with a shepherd who knows us and loves us, even in the midst of our flaws, even in the midst of our grossness. Jesus, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you call us. And I pray as we open up your word this week, as we gather together with one another, that we would experience life, green pastures, still water, that we would experience and be with you, Jesus, and be satisfied. We pray this in your name. Amen.